It all started with a dream. This is so stupid! <laughs> In my whole life, <laughs> I got some things to say. I'm still slowly dying, but uh. hey, we all are. <laughs> Good morning, Back Row Radio. I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. And you're streaming The Morning Side Hug. Completely loving, socially awkward, and decidedly Christian. We are a Back Row Morning Show exclusively on BackRowRadio.com. On today's show, what has church been like back from lockdown? Plus the latest news, random facts, and more. But first, it is June 24th. It is a Wednesday. And we've got a holiday to celebrate. We do. It is National Pralines Day. Mm. Hmm. National Pralines Day is observed annually on June 24th. This day honors the praline, a confection made from nuts, whether in whole pieces or ground, and sugar syrup. Pralines may also refer to any chocolate cookie containing the ground powder of nuts. There are a variety of pralines to be enjoyed. There are Belgian pralines, which contain hard chocolate shell with a softer, sometimes liquid filling, French pralines, a combination of al- almonds and caramelized sugar, and then American pralines, which contain milk or cream and are softer and creamier, resembling fudge. Uh, what is this? At the Chateau of Vaux les Vicomes, during the 17th century, French sugar indul- industrialist Marshal Duplessis Praslin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He originally inspired the early pralines. These first pralines were whole almonds individually coated in caramelized sugar. All right, so I'm going to just state this right here. Okay. A pecan praline anything might be my favorite dessert. Really? Yeah. Like item, I guess. Uh, ingredient. Like that's what's on top of pecan pie. Uh-huh. Like praline pecans uh pecan praline like cookies uh oh gosh daedra every every year they make daedra and her sister and her mom they make a variety of christmas cookies Mm -hmm. one year they made these like pecan praline cookies these very like it's kind of a i don't even know how to explain it they were very brittle very thin and crispy with one uh, caramelized pecan in the middle but they were so dang good yeah they didn't continue making them because none of them made them whole to anybody's house they all broke apart because mm. they were too brittle but the ones that i had were just out of this dang world yeah uh i just I can't. and then of course they sell just like the the praline doll, uh pecans in bags you know, yeah you know the candied pecans or whatever so dang good i can't get enough of them really yeah and then you got the same kind of flavors with like the turtles, mm-hmm. the little yes. chocolate covered, but it's caramel and, and pecans. The caramel pecan combination, I guess, is what really, really just drives it home for me. Interesting. Mm-hmm. 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 Fun fact. Mm-hmm. I had never known. Noon. Noon. I never knew. <laughs> I never knew that pralines were like a cookie. Like. Oh, yeah. I had no idea until we moved here, and it was actually Kara that introduced me to pralines. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, they're dang good. Yeah. Dang good, y'all. All right, well, guess what? We got some news, what? and it's an interesting one. Okay. Footloose, the movie, has come to life because our Ontario has banned singing and dancing. Okay. As their restaurant patios reopen. I'm going to let you go ahead and read this because <laughs> I'm disappointed. Whistle while you work to help Ontario bounce back from the COVID-19 pandemic, but please don't sing or dance. That's the gist of the message coming from the provincial government, which has included explicit bans on singing and dancing in part of its plan to reopen businesses temporarily shuttered by the deadly outbreak. Stage two of Ontario's economic recovery plan contains numerous guidance documents for sectors cleared to resume or expand their operations. The guidance prepared for restaurants and bars states that both singing and dancing are banned in the outdoor seating areas where customers are currently allowed to gather in limited numbers. Documents state singing is also banned in child care settings and discouraged in places of worship that were given the green light to open their doors across Ontario last week. uh, There's a whole lot more, but that's the gist of it. 
I do remember one of the addresses, if you will, that the governor gave, Mm -hmm. you know, when they were like on a weekly basis, Um, whoever the doctor is, who's our, our main dude who gives the report, like the medical report. You mean nationally? No, he's oh, not. Oh, here, I don't lo- know what his name is. Not even locally. Statewide. State, I don't know. State, whatever. State guy. Stately. I don't remember. Um, he's, he, I remember him saying that in Washington, maybe, there had been a rise in numbers and that they credit that to singing. Yeah. And I just kind of thought, is he for real about to tell us that we can't sing anymore? He didn't actually come out and say it, but that is very much the feeling that I got. So, if you don't, if you aren't aware of this, it was actually in the official document that they released for churches that congregational singing is prohibited, not just discouraged, but prohibited in New Mexico. Still now, today, it's prohibited, but I don't know of a single church that is not still doing their worship services. So we had our first Sunday back, you know, we're following all the, all the guidelines, doing all the things, all the social distancing, all that. And then, you know, it was uh, John, our worship leader, his mom, like, actually read the full document and saw that in there, that congregational singing is prohibited. And so she sent it to John, sent it to our pastor, and the pastor said, all right, so we're, we're still going to have worship time. And, John, I just want you to get up there and just say something about how we've been discouraged from singing and then we're just going to leave it at that. And so that's what John did. He said, so the, the health order has said that uh, we shouldn't do congregational singing. So if you want to um, just sit in your seats and listen as we, as we perform these songs and just kind of, you know, worship by, by listening and enjoying the music, that's absolutely fine. And uh, if you if you want to sing, uh, we're not condoning that behavior, but you are a free American and we have no legal right to arrest you for it here in this church. So uh, let's sing. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how it's been. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, it's I I, kind of get it. Because I mean, it is the the airborne thing. You're mm-hmm. spitting. You're spitting when you sing. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to happen. And as you're singing, you are there's more forceful breath. Exactly. Shooting it out. So yeah. I get the idea, but at the same time, there are very few things in this world that are keeping us sane. Mm-hmm. And I think if we weren't allowed to even sing at all, <laughs> it's the truth. We go nuts. Now I don't understand the dancing thing though, because technically that's exercising, and we've been told that exercising is good for you. During all if this. you're dancing, I'm assuming they're they're thinking you know this is if it's at a like a restaurant patio thing. Yeah. I'm assuming they're thinking it's close dancing. And you but can't then be within six you're gonna feet. be you're gonna be doing it with somebody that you're already contaminated with anyway. Probably. Right? Probably. You don't just go randomly grab strangers. No, there the are people that do that. Chili's patio. There so are totally dance, people are there? who yeah. weirdos, uh-huh. nut balls. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, Footloose has come to life, everybody. Okay then. Who knew? Kick loose. Foot loose. Kick off your COVID shoes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Coming up later in the show, more of your embarrassing church stories. We'll be back with more of the morning side hug right here on Back Row Radio. Side hug. We hope you're enjoying our mix of music this morning on Back Row Radio. We'll be sharing some of your embarrassing church stories when we come back. But first, turn with us to the Salty Sea section. Pastor's preparation for church reopening neglects one critical item. This report from John Spencer. With churches reopening, pastors have been preparing thoroughly for the return of their flocks. However, 20% of pastors neglected one important item on their first service back, their trousers. That's pants for our American listeners, but definitely not pants for our British listeners. And apologies if we've caused any of those listeners to have any ungodly images appear in their mind. 
I just don't know how it happened, said a distraught pastor whose name we omit to reduce embarrassment. I guess all those weeks of doing online services without trousers just became habit. I can't believe that all my hours of research on this sermon were ruined by my minor omission. Another pastor sighed, At first, I was amazed at the attention my congregation were giving me, and I confess, I started to think that I had really made it as a preacher. Then I looked down and realized my mistake, but not even my large print Bible could cover this up. On an unrelated note, the number of pastors seeking to move churches has dramatically shot up. For more quote-unquote news, visit SaltyC.com, S-A-L-T-Y-C-E-E.com. Welcome back to the Morning Side Hug, a Backrow Morning Show here on BackrowRadio.com. I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. And let's get some facts. Uh, random facts. Keep trying new things because we're not saying at the top of the hour. The, oh, let's that's kick right. off the second hour because we've hey, condensed good job. the show. I'm proud of you. But everything I try sounds awful. Let's get some facts. Let's that's get some facts. Awful. Yeah. Kick off to the segment. That wasn't that great, but whatever. Uh, uh, the man who invented Tang. Also invented Pop Rocks, Cool Whip, and Quick Setting Jello. Cool Whip. Cool. Did I say it like that? No, I say it like that. Oh. Cool Whip. I announced cool Whip. The, pronounced the H. Whip. Cool Whip. Okay. <laughs> if we could harness just 0.1% of the ocean's tidal kinetic energy, we could meet the current global energy demand five times over. Isn't that nuts? Bump, bump, bump. <laughs> uh, Sean Bean, is that correct? I believe so. Is terrified of flying. While filming Lord of the Rings, he would he would hike for hours across the countryside to remote shoot locations. The rest of the cast would be flown by helicopter. <laughs> is that um? Oh, crud. Samwise. No. Sean Bean. No, no, no. no. That's Sean Austin. Okay. I mean, is older. Okay. Is it Gandalf? <laughs> no, not that old. <laughs> You'd recognize him if you saw him. Okay, fine. Is it? Is it? My precious. No, it's not him either. <laughs> Gollum. Gollum. She's Louise. When he was in high school, Bill Gates hacked his school's program codes so he would be placed in classes with mostly female students. He is a smart man, after all. I mean, sure. <laughs> Horror movie soundtracks often use infrasound, frequencies that are below the range of human hearing. Infrasound can induce feelings of anxiety because while we can't hear it, we can feel it. Yeah. It's those sounds that rattle your organs, but you don't actually hear them happening. Embar- That's embarrassing. Why. Embarrass- <laughs> That's embarrassing. Interesting. Is what <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking of embarrassing... <laughs> There is there is a theory in infrasound that there is a specific frequency that is so low and vibrates you so deeply that it will cause you to poop yourself. And it is called the brown noise. That's disgusting. <laughs> so it would be embarrassing. <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> That's embarrassingly interesting. I don't believe that these that has ever been confirmed. I think like people keep testing it out and like get a result and then it gets debunked. Then why are you telling us about it? Because it's an interesting fact. Okay. Wouldn't that be a fantastic weapon to employ in war? Instead of having to shoot all the other enemy, just make them all poop themselves and they'll run away to change. <laughs> They come running. That's going to be the next war movie. They come running at their enemy, spears drawn, guns ready, while the enemy is just standing there still. With speakers over their heads. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. It would not only make your enemy poop themselves, it would also make you That's poop true. Like, I was thinking wear earplugs, but it's not hearing. It's yeah. feeling. Yeah. So maybe yeah. not. All right, let's move on to our embarrassing church stories. Uh, as we mentioned uh, Monday, Monday is that uh, is it, uh, we, we, uh, we, we, we went to our group, our Facebook group, 
It is called the Backrow Baptist Church. And we asked you to share your embarrassing church stories with us. And normally when we do this kind of thing, we only get, you know, a handful of responses, but we got almost a hundred. So this has become kind of a recurring segment until we've gotten through them all. And last last time we did this on Monday, I think we only made it through three. <laughs> because yeah, because we, we had side stories. We kept to going talk through about. side stories inspired by one of these. So we'll see if we can get through a few more today. No, I'm I'm saying close lipped today. <laughs> Mo, Mo had an oopsie in, in the... <laughs> no, I did <laughs> just not. Just a little bit. No, said I did something not. accidentally inappropriate that nope. was not on air. Nope. And it caused us to have to stop recording and laugh for quite a long time. Mm-mm. And my face hurts. And so here we go. I was playing music. This is from Cherry... Uh, Ibarra? 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 One of the two. Cherry Ibarra. She said, I was playing music between the periods of an upward basketball game. Another person at the score table wanted to hear some Backstreet Boys. So between the next periods, I cranked it up. But I remembered there was one line that was questionable in the song. I moved quick, but instead of hitting mute during that section, I maxed out the volume just in time for the entire crowd to be blasted with, Am I sexual? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Mm. Laura Riddle said the kiddos in my children's program and I were having a Zoom meeting a couple weeks ago. While we were waiting for all the kids to join, a couple of the boys were talking about Pokemon. The main guy in the show's name is Ash, and I made a comment about it, and Ash came out as ASS. And one of the kids simply said, no, Ash, Ash. I was mortified. And, of course, my higher-up had decided to join me that day, so she heard me unintentionally cuss in front of children in a Zoom meeting. So. <laughs> Landon Lane. <laughs> Moses not commenting, because all of these are kind of touching on what happened mm-hmm. just a minute ago. Mm-hmm. Inappropriate things. Mm-hmm. Accidentally said. Mm-hmm. Uh, which you will never know what it was. No. Because even retail, retelling the story. Nope. Even without using the words. Y'all. Accidentally if, inappropriate. If you <laughs> have listened to us long enough, you know that it's it, it happens frequently where I say things that I don't necessarily mean to say or I stick my foot in my mouth and it makes Matt incredibly uncomfortable. <laughs> That's the whole reason that we have a disclaimer. But we still roll with it, and we move on. Just know, this one was so awful. Accidentally. Again, she didn't purposefully mean to be this offensive. It was so bad. (laughs) So bad. That not only did we have to cut it out, but I had to turn my back and look away from Matt because I was so incredibly embarrassed by what I said. Ugh. So, no, you'll never know. You'll never know. Landon Lane, as I grew up, my dad ran the sound booth, and I would periodically sit next to him during the service. There was a Sunday morning that some folks were singing a special, and for whatever reason, I decided to get up from the soundboard desk to move somewhere else in the middle of their song. As I did, my knee bumped the table and, of course, made some kind of pop or boom in the sound system. It was a total accident, but my dad was livid, and he doesn't get mad often, which makes it even worse. I had to apologize to the singers after the service, but was so embarrassed for ruining their song. There, so there is a – we're in our sound booth now, our church's sound booth right now, my church's sound booth right now. And they – like, I guess it was 10 or 12 years ago they built this, this version of the sound booth. And instead of building, like, an actual – column or wall or whatever to keep the middle of the sound booth um like table area up there's literally a giant wooden box very solid wooden box uh sticking out from the back and there's a plank like a a very thick a two by four four that's wedged up against that and wedged up against the inner side of this okay The, the table i'm saying this like you can see it sorry Uh, The table. But I have hit my knee squarely on this 2x4 a hundred times. Sometimes loud enough that I thought I had broken my kneecap. And it has happened during service. And in the middle of service, I have gone, Oh! (laughs) (laughs) 
and then went, sorry. <laughs> so that is truly embarrassing. There's, yeah, there's to, an embarrassing side story. Yeah, there's one that you can't hear. No. What? I said there is an embarrassing side story. What you just told was an embarrassing side story. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. That they can hear. Because oh, they can't I hear th- yours. I thought that you said that you can't hear. And I was like, stop bringing it back to what I did. I'm, it's not all about now me right now. Now it's you that's bringing it up, Mo. <laughs> you said something inappropriate accidentally. Oh, let's move on. <laughs> Who's the next story from? <laughs> next one's from Patty Wolford Hyatt. All right, Patty, what you got? Got a lot of unnecessary eyes in her name is what she's got. <laughs> Patty is spelled with an I and Hyatt is spelled with an I. Both of those should be wise, in my opinion. Get a better name, Patty. My My hard of hearing elderly grandmother was sitting next to me in church one communion Sunday. I knew I had been stretching the limits the days before, so I thought I'd better pass this time. Better pass this time of stretching the limits, I'm assuming is what she meant. Uh, My grandmother saw I did not partake. Okay, communion. What is she stretching the limits I guess life. (laughs) Poor Patty. (laughs) Stretching limits. Oh, I get it. Because when you when you when you're supposed to come, having like cleaned up your. Right. I get it. I get it. I'm sorry, guys. Communion. Get it together. She's been stretching the limits those days, so she thought I better pass this time. My grandmother saw that I did not partake in communion and whispered, A.K.A. yelled, "Honey, are you not taking communion?" You can confess whatever wrong you did last night. Half the small congregation turned to look at the shameful sinner. I was mortified. Gotta love grandmothers. Okay, so grandmama calling her out right there. I know you did something bad. You can go up there and confess it real quick and come back and have your communion. Being called out right there in church. That's why I don't go to church with my grandmother. <laughs> That's, that is why. <laughs> Uh, Tammy guy, 20 plus years ago, my husband and I were leaving Bible study on our way to the church service. I asked my husband to carry my girly bag with my Bible and notebooks. When I went down the stairs, when we reached the bottom, he held out my bag and said here, as he tried to hand it back to me, I told him to carry it instead. He said, you told me you take it back. I said, I lied as I laughed. I had no idea that the pastor's wife was right behind my husband and she yelled out, Tammy. I was so embarrassed. This is, Tammy, I love you, and I thank you for sharing your story. This is the weakest embarrassment story I've ever heard. There was a a Wednesday, and I might have told this story, I don't know. There was a Wednesday, we were doing a, a, a prayer meeting thing, and we're talking about confession, and the pastor was asking, is there anything that anybody's, like, feeling guilty about tonight that they want to confess? Which, yeah, I thought, oh, this is going to go badly. But it went so much better than I could have expected. But not in a good spiritual way. In a funny way. Of course, nobody wanted to share anything. And so one of our older ladies raised her hand and said, They're the ones I'm always worried about. Yeah, I'd like to share something. She said, There was a time when I was a little girl where my grandmother had asked me, she had made cookies, and she'd asked me if I wanted a cookie, and I told her no. And then while she was helping my brother do something, I snuck in there, and I stole a cookie. And she said, I've been thinking about that for for 30 years and feel guilty about it, and I'd just like to get that off my chest. And I'm, I don't mean to make fun of her because she really felt this in her heart, but I'm thinking to myself, So the confession that you have is that you stole a cookie that you were already offered and you've been feeling guilty about that for 30 years. And then I thought, of course, nobody is going to raise their hand after this because this is the most wholesome sin anyone has ever committed. I don't even think it's a sin. (laughs) Right. Quote, unquote, sin. (laughs) I halfway wonder if her granddaughter was sitting there with her and that was like a like a 
And did you steal that cookie? I I know know you stole that cookie. cookie. (laughs) I know you did. And you're going to sit with the guilt for 30 years. It's going to eat you away until you're a grown adult. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) All right, let's do one more here. Another one from Landon Lane. Another one on behalf of my friend. Uh, It's one of the closing prayers where the prayer waits, the prayer, prayer, waits 30 seconds or so before starting to give people quiet time to pray themselves before Mm -hmm. the group prayer. Right around the moment that they're about to audibly pray, my friend's duck call ringtone goes off on full blast. It was one of the most difficult times in my my life not to laugh through that entire prayer. That's always the worst when something funny happens in the middle of a group prayer and you have to not laugh, especially when you can't do it. So you're I've going never like, done you're that. Going like, <coughs> I am over Just making those little noises. I'm so much better than Trying you not are. to make fart noises with the mouth. You ne- you're, you're never inappropriate, honestly. <laughs> you are the most wholesome, uh, clean-mouthed, clean-mind. <laughs> I mean, you're, you, 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 could be, you could be sainted right now. Name it and claim it. If you were a Catholic. I, I would make the case for the the first living sainthood of a of a woman of the 21st century. That's right. <laughs> Dang skimpy. 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 <laughs> That's what you say. Skimpy. No. Skimpy is when you're barely wearing any clothing, <laughs> and this is the most. Perfect way to end this <laughs> Is it really skippy? <laughs> like the peanut butter. Dang skippy. <laughs> I can't take it. I can't take it. I am going to die of laughter today. Oh, man. <laughs> Coming up later on the show, what has church been like since returning? (laughs) We'll be back with more of the Morning Psyduck right here on Macro Radio. Side hug here on Back Row Radio, sharing airtime with the best mix of Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie. When we come back, we're talking about what church looks like now and how it's going. But first, here's Celebrating Recovery. This is Celebrating Recovery with Matt Coker. This week, we'll celebrate the National Day of Prayer. Prayer is one of God's greatest gifts to his people, yet it's often reduced to blessings at meals and praying for health. Someone has said many people pray as if God were a big aspirin pill. They come only when they are hurt. God wants our prayers to be so much more than prayer for food and health. Prayer is essential communication. Prayer has played a vital role in the lives of so many people. Abraham Lincoln said, I've been driven many times to my knees by the overwhelming conviction that I had absolutely no other place to go. Martin Luther King Jr. said, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. Henry Ward Beecher said, The morning is the rudder of the day. I find there are two types of people when it comes to the mornings. One says, Good morning, Lord, and the other says, Good Lord, it's morning. Typically in the Bible, when it records Jesus praying, he's praying early in the morning. So early, in fact, it's still dark out during the fourth and final watch of the Roman soldier, which is typically between 3 and 6 a.m. Jesus would get up that early because he knew the value of time. He wanted to avoid the distractions that would come from people, events, and duties, and make it a priority to spend time in prayer with the Father. Unless we are willing to make sacrifices and going to bed early and rising early, or at least setting aside a block of time at some point during the day, we are not living evidence of a lifestyle that's fully yielded to God. Give God the rights to your schedule, and he will help you maximize your contributions in all areas of your relationships, activities, ministries, and your recovery process. If you're struggling with a hurt habit or hang-up, we encourage you to find a Celebrate Recovery program in your area by going to backrowradio.com slash CR. And remember, live one day at a time. (laughs) 
Welcome back to the Morning Side Hug, a Back Row Morning Show here on BackRowRadio.com. I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. And it has been, oh, let's say, two weeks for us. Just Is it just one week or two weeks for you? Three weeks for us. Two weeks for you since our churches have opened their doors again. No, we opened a week before y'all did. Oh, that's right. It's just you haven't been going. Exactly. I have right. not been going. I'm sorry. I, I get mean, that confused. Yeah. But anyway, this this basically this this past month has been when it's opened up again here in our area, and I know other areas around America are starting to open back up in churches again, but all under like strict guidelines, strict social distancing rules. A lot of them are enforced to wear masks. Uh, it's highly encouraged. In fact, it was ordered here in New Mexico that we're supposed to wear masks in our church. But they also said, but we're basically not going to enforce it. Yeah. So we at our church, we've made it a request. Mm-hmm. We, we present it as we request that you wear masks while you're here, but we're not going to kick you out if you don't. Mm-hmm. What has your church been doing? Same same thing? Or you been forcing masks? or No. No masks? Not been forcing masks. In fact, I have a good friend who is like standing... <clears throat> He has taken a stance that he will not go to church until either no one has to wear a mask, wear a mask, wear a mask, <laughs> or everyone chooses to obey and wear a mask because no one is wearing a mask at our church. Okay, at all. so his stand is that we should be all wearing masks. We should all be listening. Okay. We gotcha. should all be abiding. And I do believe. That this is not exactly the topic we were talking about, but I think it's a it's a key aspect of what's going on right now. I do believe that is the mindset of a lot of people mm-hmm. in that a lot of people will refuse to wear a mask because they think that the government's overreaching by mm-hmm. uh, sorry. Got a frog in my throat. Mm. By forcing us to do it. Mm. And so like I, I know we had several people in our church who we're like, no, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to wear masks. And so that's essentially why we made the decision of we are not going to make it a requirement. Yeah. Because we don't want to have to fight against these people on Sunday morning when they come to church and refuse to wear a mask. And so we say, like, you can't come in. Then we don't want to have those confrontations. Because, number one, we might not entirely agree with the idea either, mm-hmm. but we're having to do it as the church body because it's what the government's saying. Mm-hmm. You know, we might be on the same page as you, but we don't really have the all the freedom in the world to just buck the system, right? Because they'll just come and shut us all down. You know, if we don't obey any of the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I haven't heard any stories of any police state or otherwise coming in and checking that everything's being enforced so i don't know yeah but yeah we we made that decision and uh i remember the sunday before and i think this was i saw your church do it your pastor did a walkthrough video on facebook about mm-hmm. what to expect from the start to the end of a service and when you're walking in what it's going to look like how to sit how to socially distance, how to leave, all that kind of stuff. Sippy, uh, our friend Cipriano, sent me that video and said, hey, you might want to think about doing this for your church. I'm like, that's a fantastic idea. So I did that. Mm-hmm. I did a walkthrough, showed how everything's going to look, what areas of the church are going to be closed off, how to get to this part, how to get to that part, how many seats is six feet uh, distance, all that good stuff. And a couple hours later, one of our church members wrote a long diatribe about how it is ridiculous and anti-American that our churches have to follow all these rules. And it was clear that she had watched my video from a lot of the language that she used. Yeah. Uh, In fact, I believe she even said, I just watched our video for all the rules that we have to abide by at our church. And I don't think I can go. And so I'm reading as, as I'm watching this post. I'm not commenting on it. Uh, it got brought to our staff's attention, and our staff all just decided, yeah, we should let's just not comment on it. Let's just let it go, see if she'll calm down. Maybe yeah. she'll still come. If not, she'll wait until things loosen up a little bit more. So I'm watching this comment section, and a lot of people are just coming with you know, rational 
responses of, look, yeah, we all know this, this sucks, and, but hopefully it'll be over soon, and we're just going to grin and bear it. A little, little inconvenience to get back into church is better than not having church together at all. Mm-hmm. You know, all these kind of things. And her only, like, justification for why she couldn't just abide by it and come was she's a very sociable person and she doesn't think that she cannot get within somebody's bubble. And at my point, I'm thinking, that's a you problem. Exactly. That's not a problem with the rules. That's a problem with your inability to follow the rules Mm -hmm. at this point. Yeah. I had somebody yeah. kind of goes along this story, but I had um, I had somebody while we were stationed in Italy. I am a very social person. I am a hugger. I it, just from the very first time that I meet you, I'm gonna hug you. I feel like we're instant friends, and I can invade your space in that <laughs> in that way. That's that's just how I've always been since I was very young. I can remember my mom even having a very um, hard conversation with me through puberty years when you know teenagers start to smell and things and she's like Megan if you're gonna hug people you gotta wear more deodorant just saying <laughs> <laughs> and so I re- and now having two teenagers going through that same you know and it's just hard to handle at that point in yeah. your life I can I totally can empathize with that. Oh, you're yeah. ugly, awkward, and you smell. <laughs> right? <laughs> Not Is that everybody. A not everybody wants to hug you, okay? Um, but while we were in Italy, I had a really close friend of mine who I had hugged at least a few dozen times. Yeah. And we were in a Bible study one day, and she just opened up and started talking about how she doesn't, she doesn't feel comfortable when people invade her space. You know, through things that had happened in her life from when she was younger, she doesn't like people hugging her or touching mm. her or being very physical with her. And as as she's talking, all that I can think is like I'm replaying all the thousands of times that I've hugged her, and I'm like, Megan, you're an idiot. Like you just assume that because you're a hugger and you're social, that everybody is the same way. Yeah. And I had to realize in that moment that is a me problem. Yeah. I have to allow the fact that other people are not anywhere near as physical. As I am. And some for legitimate reasons. Exactly. Yeah. Like there, there are some people that have had those either like abuse or, or anything like that where physical touch is almost a, a trigger for anxiety or, or PTSD or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I understand that. You yeah. Know, and how and that would make you feel mortified. Exactly. And coming <laughs> in for a hug while it's innocent for, you know, just the normal everyday person for anyone who has suffered from abuse, it's very, whoa, how do I handle this? How do I approach this? Do I say, no, I don't want to hug you. Do I, do I put up my guard? Do yeah. I stick out my hand to shake your hand? Oh, you know, yeah. there's, there's just no good resolve to it. So in that moment, I was like, okay, I need to realize that not everybody is a hugger like I am and I need to respect their boundaries. So whoever this person is, maybe you're listening you too need to respect other people's boundaries. <laughs> it is a you problem, my friend. It's a good thing to be a hugger. It's a good thing to be Absolutely. physical. And definitely to be personable and want to have conversations and yeah. and get into kind of that intimate zone of friendship and right. be close. But just not right now. Yeah. Respect <laughs> that. Right now we're trying to, trying to do this as safely and cleanly as possible, guys. Yeah. And that takes a little bit of uncomfort. On all of our parts. It's yeah. not just it's not just you. Yep. Every single person. Every single person on planet Earth is having to deal with this now, except for some of those uh hidden tribes in Africa that man hasn't seen or touched for decades. Maybe I should become one of them. <laughs> it's crazy to me that that still exists. That there are still, like, just tribes of people that have no idea of, like, everything else that's happening on the planet. Technology and all this kind of stuff. It's cool to me. Like, I think I, I, I think mean, about yeah, it and I'm weird. amazed by it. I'm like, yeah. They're <laughs> going to be the ones that Outlive survive everything. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a side story. Side tangent. Um, so, let's see. 
churches right now, our church service starts with me going through all of our COVID-19 guidelines. Every Sunday. Every Sunday with a slideshow and all that. Okay. Then normal announcements. We used to have handshaking time right then and there. The greeting and mm-hmm. walk around, greet your neighbor, shake a hand, hug a neck. Mm-hmm. Can't do any of that now. Yep. So we skipped that. But I think we've talked about it before. I think that's on the way out with churches anyway. Yeah. A lot of churches are cutting that out. We're cutting that out long before COVID-19. Yeah. Because it's an... Again, for the same reason of what you were talking about, it can be a very uncomfortable situation for people who either aren't expecting it or just don't like mm-hmm. that kind of closeness yeah. with people that they're not related to. Yeah. Um, so that's fine with me. But we're also not passing the plate anymore, which uh, we hadn't done for a really long time. And it's Years. only been since the last pastor came in and said, eh, let's go ahead and do that again. Yeah. Uh, we had these offering towers. We built these like towers where you can just drop your thing, your your offerings in, and that was fine. But uh, he wanted to go back to the traditional plates thing, so we did. But now we're back to offering towers, and we'll probably stay there. Yeah. Because you're not gonna want to pass the plate anymore mm-hmm. unless we get those really long poles, you know, oh my with the goodness. Buck, with the little mesh bag in the yeah, bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the just just the usher goes across. <laughs> it's like a it's like a is pool it, skimmer almost. It is like a pool skimmer. <laughs> is that a Catholic thing? I don't remember ever seeing it in Catholic churches when I grew up. I think it's just a random church thing. Well I feel like it's a traditional like Methodist services are more traditional. Yeah. I'm I, so I'm trying to like think it like, anyway. if I was going to guess anything, I would have said it was a Methodist thing. So I'm thinking maybe that's what it is. Yeah, it might be. I know that growing up, I've seen it in a friend's church. I just don't remember. My core group of friends, we were all very diverse in our in our religious background. So. And you know what? I grew up going to a Catholic church. I've been to Mass so many times. More than most Catholics. Because we went every... Yeah weekday as well as a as a you know saturday was our only day off for mass but i don't remember what we did for offering i don't remember offering time at all now i'm sure we didn't do offering on the weekdays because it was school it was just mostly kids yeah but i don't remember what sunday offering looked like what if we passed anything do catholics not take offering i feel like they have to i just don't know i don't remember what it looked like I know it wasn't long poles because I remember the first time I ever even saw the long pole thing was on an episode of Everybody Loves Raymond. And I thought to myself, that's a wonderful idea. Well, they're Catholic. Are they Catholic? Yeah. Okay, maybe it is a Catholic thing. See, and I can envision like altar boys because they're in their robes holding the poles. But I realize that altar boys are not just a Catholic thing. Are you sure they're Catholic? Because I'm pretty sure the dad is a deacon, and deacons aren't a Catholic thing. I don't know. Is it bad that I assumed they were Catholic <laughs> because they're Italian? <laughs> in this society, in this culture, at this time, yes. It's very bad. Okay, but it was in the 90s that that show came out. So, I mean, we're oh, almost 30 years man. past that. Everybody loves Raymond. It was a good show. It was a good show. And I liked the brother the best. Robert. Robert. And then he went on to have his own show, not based on that character, but it, like his next show that he had called Till Death. Oh, yes. And I it do was hilarious until like yeah. mid season two, where they're deciding to change everything up. Yeah. And I guess um, maybe it wasn't doing well, but the initial premise was you had. The guy who played Robert, Brad Garrett, that's his name. Mm-hmm. Had Brad Garrett and his wife, who were had been married for thirty years or whatever, a really long time, and next door neighbors moved in and they were newlyweds, and then they were just hanging out. And so this it was the dynamic between an old comfortable marriage and a brand new, uh, mm-hmm. you know, everything's perfect type marriage, mm-hmm. and that dichotomy, and that's that's what the show was. And then in the middle of season two, I think. They got rid of that other couple. And it just became a weird family comedy based on Brad Garrett's family. 
and it didn't play well. And then they kept changing it. And they had five different people playing their daughter. Of course. Over the course of that, the end of that season and the very short third season before it got canceled. Listen, the only show that's been able to change the actress of the daughter and do it well is Roseanne. That's the only show. Yeah. I don't even ever remember that happening. That's how smooth it was. Oh, yeah. But then they also played it off as a joke later on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So anyway, we are very much off topic. I know. It's free. It's a free flow conversation here. (laughs) I'm good with that. We've had so much. This is what church has been like since coming back. That's true. (laughs) Because we've all been stuck in our homes, not being able to talk about anything. Exactly. Now we just want to talk about everything that comes to our minds. So I will say this. We, um, I think that we talked about it. Maybe last week, but I don't know. Um, You know, all of my stories are running together at this point, so sorry. (laughs) But talking about how we're kind of moving out of that handshaking time and that greeting each other time, it's so difficult to move out of something that's been done for so long. Because you can make announcements and say it a thousand times, and still, still, you have a good portion of the congregation who aren't going to hear it who are going to continue doing what they've always done because it's just out of habit, out yeah, of nature. muscle memory and uh-huh. all that now, yeah. Yeah, we have the worship leader, he will say on Sunday, okay, so from where you're at, we're not shaking hands or hugging necks, but from where you're at, just wave across and and you still see people walking. walking. Shouldn't be moving. Yeah. Feet planted. Yeah. And it takes everything in me to not be like, stop moving! No, even our pastor here, forgets it the minute people start walking in the church he forgets all about the stuff that we're supposed to be doing he's walking up he's hugging people slapping them on the back shaking their hands all this kind of stuff and we have to keep pulling him aside and say remember we're not doing any of that he goes ah dang it <laughs> he can't stop himself yeah it's it, hard it's 30 plus years of pastoring that yeah. he's done this and now he has to stop uh the first sunday we had back i'm up there reading the guidelines and i'm talking about how we are encouraging a contactless service and i look over and i see johnny with both his hands on the shoulders of one of the younger guys that he hasn't seen in forever and and uh gave him a big hug and everything and i'm like contactless service we're encouraging a contactless service pastor everybody turns and looks at him and he goes oh sorry hands up walks away (laughs) So sorry. <laughs> and he gets up there and goes, once it, once it's his turn, he's like, yes, we are encouraging a contactless service and that rule applies to everybody except for me. So it's okay. And he walked, <laughs> he walked off. Oh, it's, yeah. it's really hard. To it is hard. It uh, is hard. Now, those of you who are introverts and hate the, in, in, uh, the greeting time and all that kind of stuff, like me, it's, it's paradise. Mm-hmm. It's great. One less thing to be anxious about. Yeah. Through a service. So talking about that video, um, one of the things that our pastor said was at the end of the service, we would hold hands across the aisle and pray. Oh, yeah, y'all did that. Yeah. That's right. And And that's such a beautiful, like, tradition. It is. To do every week and to have to not do it. It is. Well, that's one of the things, you know, you talked about Cipriano. Cipriano and Samantha also attend the church that I'm at now. And that's one of the things that she's hated from the get go. (laughs) Like she is very much, she doesn't like germs. So she's like, I just don't want to hold people's hands. I don't know where your hands been. Exactly. (laughs) So the second that our pastor came out with that video and said, we won't be holding hands across the church to pray at the end. I sent her a text and I was like, Hey, all it took was a, a, pandemic across the yeah across the world for us to not have to hold hands to pray at the end of service oh man (laughs) who knew who knew that's all it would take yeah and so every week we get up and you know we give all these things and i you know i try to quell the people that are upset by saying you know we're taking these small steps and hopefully things will lighten up and things will get back to normal and you know we won't have to worry about this soon but it's better than nothing but the longer this goes on, the more I'm questioning whether or not we will ever actually get back to what a normal Sunday looked like. The more you feel like a liar as you're yeah. out there saying it. <laughs> I'm like, this is just how things are going to be from now on, so yep. get used to it. Yeah. And I just... That's the day that Matt lost all hope. <laughs> right? <laughs> is it going to get back to normal? That's will... Somebody's going to say that yeah. from, is it? But is it, though? <laughs> I don't know, guys. I don't know if it is. 
reading from a script up here. I have no idea. <laughs> um, Mike Maines and the Branches came out with a new song based on this stuff. It's called Gonna Get Through This. It's a very beautiful song touching about, you know, touching on all the unrest and pain and, and uh, separation and all this kind of stuff that's going on. And, but one of the lines, I think one of the lines in the second verse he says is, uh, he's kind of stopped believing that things are ever going to get back to the way they were. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, gosh, that hits my heart so hard because that's exactly what it's starting to feel like. Yeah. There was a meme someone posted of, uh, from Stranger Things season two, where it was a clip of, did you ever watch Stranger Things? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was a, the clip with, uh, 11 okay. talking to what's the cop's name? <sighs> the cop. You know, the what cop. I mean? where she lived with him mm-hmm. between the seasons. And it was, you know, when can when can I leave this house? When can we go out or whatever? Oh, yeah. and, she, and he said, soon, soon. She goes, you say soon on day 21. You say soon on day 200. You say soon now on day 326. And it's labeled her as everyone. Yeah. And him as the government. Yeah. She goes, when is soon? Soon is when it's safe. Yeah. You counting days now like you're a prisoner? <laughs> like, yes, that's how it feels. It feels like we are all locked up as prisoners and we cannot get back to any kind of normalcy. Yeah. Because we keep being told it's not safe, it's not safe. And it maybe it's not. Maybe it's it's more safe than we're being led to believe. Maybe it's not. The problem is with all the questions. It's always a giant question mark. It has been this entire time, and we still don't know. Yeah. Still, we still barely know anything more than we did when this whole thing started. Right. And the idea of getting back to a normal church Sunday seems no longer seems weeks or months away. It seems years away if it's ever going to happen. Which is a very sad thing to say, I know. So I will say this, and it's the ever optimist in me. Please, please be optimistic Um, to help me out. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many, so many people who are like, you know, 2020 was supposed to be this great year. 2020 was supposed to be this, blah, blah, blah. And I agree. 2020 was supposed to be the year that we were all going to get our stuff together. The and it was the biggest gonna be, bummer of a year that ever happened. It was going to be great. <laughs> Most it deflation. was going to be great. And now everybody's like, when are we going to get back to normal? When are things going to go back to the way that they were? When are things going to be the same? And a big part of me just really wants to be like, maybe things don't need to be the same. Maybe things don't need to go back to the way that they were. And it's big picture, but it's also little picture. Just like what we were saying about, you know, invading other people's personal space. And, you know, maybe take this time to really just kind of go, wait a minute. Have I been doing this wrong this whole time? Yeah. Have I been doing more harm than good? Just by my everyday actions, the things that I say, the things that I do, the way that I interact with someone, have I been doing more harm than good? And then... Really rein that in. Take a moment to be like, okay, when I return to the real world, (laughs) when I return to society, I'm going to do things a little bit differently. Yeah, and I think that's a good uh, mindset to have. And I think that it's perfectly not only acceptable, but, but a really good thing to come out of this thing with the hope of Doing things better, interacting better, treating people better, yeah, uh, interacting more hygienically in the world, all these kind of things right. that uh, we've learned. There are a lot of good things to carry forward through this. Mm-hmm. The thing that I'm wanting to let up is the overarching sense of fear and anxiety Yeah. through everything that's going on. Yeah. It is, it's so, it's a, I called it a while back, I called it a, you know, this worldwide sense of depression, but it's really a worldwide sense of anxiety, which Mm -hmm. are, they're they're similar, but they're not the same thing. Because being anxious is this just almost crippling fear at times Mm -hmm. of, I just don't know what's coming. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to believe. Yeah. Even our own government. 
is coming out and saying that they've lied to us about this different things we talked about with the masks dr fauci coming out and saying yeah we pretty much lied to you at the beginning so we would have masks for doctors when we told you masks weren't any good or they i mean I, we the only truth that we have right now the only solid truth that we have right now is the bible yeah and there are fewer and fewer people on this planet every day that trust that. Mm-hmm. And it's getting to the point where I don't even know. I don't even know how to correctly express my frustration. But it's getting it's getting to the point where I'm more and more terrified of normal everyday things. More and more terrified of going to the grocery store. At first, I waved it off as, oh, that's silly. But then we had that little bit, tiny, insignificant almost scare that we might have been uh, exposed. exposed to someone. I'm like, I can't go see my mom. Yeah. Because my mom has, she's, she's elderly. She has several health issues. She has half of one kidney that she's running on. Mm -hmm. Like she has a lot of things that could go wrong if she got this. She Mm -hmm. would likely be the one that would go to the hospital and have a problem. Like I cannot go see my mom until I'm sure I don't have this. Right. And then I thought she relies on me so much, you know. And then my my grandmother passed away Mm -hmm. as we're sitting there where I'm I'm having to like self quarantine and not go out and and I'm like I can't I can't even go over and be with her to help her through this. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, we found out uh is either I don't remember if it was later that day or the very next day, but we found out that, you know, we weren't exposed after all. The chain yeah. broke. It yeah. never got to us. And so I got to go see her, but just that 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 fear aspect of just being so afraid to do anything and go anywhere, especially with the the disease of we don't we don't know if we have it or not. Mm-hmm. Again, I could still have been exposed to it just by going to Walmart or the gas station or anything like that and yeah. not know about it. But at least there's a little bit of ignorance is bliss in that kind of aspect. Yeah. Of you know, there's no confirmed you know exposure that I've ever had, so I'm just gonna. Go on living and hope for the best. Right. That's the fear part. Yeah. Of just not knowing anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, so getting back to a normal church service is, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical it's going to happen for a long, long time. Yeah. And I don't want to be, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm normally that person. I don't feel like I'm normally the doom and gloom person. When it comes to these kind of things, mm-hmm. like I'll look at all angles and I'll complain sometimes and I'll even hype it up sometimes for the show when we're talking. Right. But this is really where I'm at right now. Yeah. And I hate it. I hate feeling this way. Yeah. And uh, I hate the fear. And I guess that that little scare kind of made it a little bit more real mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. And again, nothing came of it. And even if I did catch it, I would have been fine. Right. Almost certainly. But just that little bit of anxious fear of you could get it, you could possibly find, but you could also be dead. Yeah. That's that's such a terrifying dichotomy that we have. It is. And that also scares me about being in church at all. Yeah. I have friends that are like, I just, I want to be exposed. I want to go ahead and get it. I want to get the antibodies. And I'm like, you know. I understand that mindset. I'm about 85, 15, where I'm like, yeah, I want to go ahead and just get it over with, get it done. But then there's that 15% of me that's like, but you're going to be the one that dies. Right. Yeah. You know, and you're going to be that one outlier. Exactly. (laughs) And that's the hard part. And I think for anyone who doesn't really understand anxiety, has never really struggled with anxiety, I've had to explain it to people as kind of like, um, like a dark cloud or almost like what's the character from um, uh, Charlie Brown who has the blanket? What's his name? Linus. Linus. Yeah. And that pile of dirt is just following him mm. as he walks everywhere. Is Or is that pig? No, that's Pigpen. Pigpen. Okay. I always merge those two characters gotcha. because the blanket is disgusting. It is. It has to be. Yeah. yeah. He's dragging it on the floor everywhere he's going. For real. 
So anyway, that pile of dirt that's always following Pigpen around. And everybody around him is fine. There is no dirt that's touching anybody else. It is simply following him. That's what anxiety is like. It is simply following and affecting that person. You can't get out of it. Like you can't step to the right or to the left or to the front and get away from it. Mm -hmm. But it's just constantly following you. And you... You kind of have moments throughout the day where it's not affected. You're not thinking about it. But then all it takes is one instance, one thought to just creep in. And you're like, oh, oh gosh, okay, there's that cloud. Mm -hmm. There's that pile of dirt that's constantly following me that I just can't quite get away from. And that has been the hardest part of this entire thing for me is just dealing with anxiety, already dealing with anxiety prior and now it just being heightened. Yeah. When anxiety gets out of control, my my uh, pop culture comparison would be Infinity War. Avengers Infinity War, when Doctor Strange goes into his little multiverse mind there and says, I just saw 14 million different yep. things. Uh, that's exactly what anxiety is like, is you're sitting there thinking of all the Millions of different terrible possibilities that could mm-hmm. happen and the one good possibility that could happen. Yeah. Like that's the dichot- that's the, the balance that you have in your mind. Yeah. Is there's, it's possible everything could be good, but this could happen and this could happen and this could happen and this could happen. And if just one of these things happened, everything's going to go wrong. Yeah. And that's what anxiety is like, having that constantly banging around in your head. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we're all kind of collectively experiencing, even the people that haven't really dealt with anxiety before. Yeah. And I think those are the people that are actually having it the hardest. Oh, yeah. Because they've never, at least those of us that experience it a lot, kind of have ways that we know how to deal with it. We have coping it. mechanisms <laughs> that we've, we've learned over the years. But these but people are freaking out. And I think these are the people that are getting online absolutely. and ranting and scary or, or confronting people in the grocery stores or... Or all this, you're going to kill my grandmother. You know, these kind of things. Yeah. (laughs) It's very true. Yeah. It's very true. So that's how it's going, guys. That's what it looks like here. (laughs) Hopefully it's not quite as dramatic wherever you are. I don't know. That free-flowing conversation went to some deep emotional places. Well, there you go. (sighs) You got to... It was cathartic, right? Yeah, you got to... Got to see the real us for a little bit. Get it out. Yeah. Get it out. All right. All right. Coming up next, we'll share something that we love. We'll be back in just a few with more of the morning side hug right here on Back Row Radio. back to the morning side hug as our show is coming to a close for today but first i want to share with you something that i love our back row radio gifts i'm very i love them so much you know it is so much fun to share your own face (laughs) reacting to a comment on facebook or something like that you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's great well and then it's fun as much as we do but we love them here's the thing for me though yeah and i said this from the very beginning we found out that I never stick with the hairstyle or hair color. <laughs> yeah, you changed a lot. And so sometimes... We took them from a lot of old videos, most of them. Yeah, so sometimes I'll post one and somebody will be like, that looks a lot like you. And I'm like, yeah, that is me. <laughs> but no, their hair, it's like almost a reddish brown. Yeah, that's me. It's me. Hold on. I'll, I'll give you a picture proof with my whole family in the same hair color <laughs> that that, in fact, is me just... A few years ago. This one is me, and this one is me, and this one is me. <laughs> None of them look the same, but they're all me. Yeah. You could do a GIF out of that alone. like Just the changing mode. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did that. I did a, we had a, my wife and I did a, had a 15, our 15th anniversary. Ugh. My wife and I had our 15th anniversary, and I made like a little slideshow Slide thing. And I mostly stay the same in all of them. Big bearded bald guy, mostly the same. Just get a little bit older, get a little bit bigger, a little bit smaller, a little bit bigger. But that's about it. Deidre changed so much mm-hmm. and so often in all directions, and a lot of it was involving hair. Long black hair, very short, kind of semi blonde hair, mid range hair with red highlights and all mm-hmm. that. Like curly, di- curly, straight, yeah. all very different hair. I'm like, you You do, if I put 
all these different versions of you up. It would look like y'all were related, but not the same person. Yeah. At all. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, that's how women are, really. Right? So you have a little bit more, you have a little bit more of an ability to customize your look. And it's the long hair aspect, I think. Because that does a big change. That's a big aspect of change. Yeah. Men only go so far, but for bald men, there's really no options. You can go beardless and look like a giant baby, or you can have a beard like a normal person That's and be fair. bald. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Your glasses change. Talk about gifs. Sorry. <laughs> gifs. Glasses change, yeah. Yeah. I've actually, you know... I've had a, I've been making a few of these gifts, you know, myself mm -hmm. and I've been making them and I've had to take my glasses off for a lot of them because like the picture is reflecting mm -hmm. in my glasses. And so I've been looking at a lot of these. I'm like, I look okay without glasses. I could do contacts. Yeah, I could do contacts. Most of my life I've been like, no, this gives my face character. Otherwise I would look so strange. And I still believed that I looked strange for a long, long time, but after losing a little bit of weight and having mm -hmm. my face actually kind of show its actual face part. Structure, not just the fat. yeah. Yeah, I'm seeing, structure is a good word for it, yeah. I'm saying, yeah, I could do that. I could look like a, a normal person mm -hmm. and wear like, the only, the big draw for wearing contacts for me is I could wear normal sunglasses. Yeah. I love normal sunglasses and oftentimes I will take off my glasses and wear them in public even though I can't see. And you're like, oh, we'll get the, you know, the prescription sunglasses. No, they're I'm ugly. Like, they're ugly. There's never a cool pair. I've never yeah. seen a cool pair. So, yeah, that's the draw. But anyway, Backward Radio GIFs. In your uh, GIF search, just type in Backward Radio, all one word, no spaces, and you'll see a cavalcade of Matt and Moe and some of our friends mm -hmm. uh, with GIFs for all occasions. It's fun. It is fun. It's super fun. And we keep adding a lot. Mm. <clears throat> all right. Let's uh, close our show for the day with a Bible verse. Our Bible verse for the day comes from Deuteronomy 8, 5. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, the Lord your God disciplines you. Thank you for joining us. There's a Back Row Morning Show every weekday at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. Mo and I bring you the morning side hug most of the week. And Bubba and Anna bring you church nerds every Friday. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Back Row Radio. And join our laughter-inducing Facebook community, Back Row Baptist Church, by going to backrowbaptist.com. If you miss a morning show, you can subscribe to the subscribe. You can subscribe to the podcast version of the Morning Side Hug on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most podcast apps, and catch up on our new Monday through Wednesday shows. The podcast of our Throwback Thursday episodes are reserved for our Patreon donors as well as other bonus content and incentives. If you listen to Backrow Radio and want to support the work we do, please consider partnering with us by going to backrowradio.com/partner. Any size donation will get you our private podcast feed. And as a reminder, we're doing a giveaway this week as a, a celebration for two years of Backward Radio. We've got a stack of books from people that have influenced our station one way or another, plus a stack of Backward Radio stickers we are giving away. So for full details and how to enter, simply go to backrowradio.com slash giveaway, and we will be announcing our random winner next Monday. That's it for the show. We'll be back tomorrow. We hope you will, too. Once again, I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. Remember that Jesus loves you. Don't go into areas that your church has blocked off. And if you see us around, we'd love a side hug. Bye.